Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. We try to make it a habit uh, before we get started on our podcast, our episodes, to mention our, those people that we support, and they are two partners. One of them is a business partner, which is the uh, Athens Area Chamber of Commerce and also the Oconee Chamber of Commerce. We work together uh, throughout the week and throughout the month to try to be connected to the community, if you will, as they do such a good job of. And our charitable partners are St. Jude's, excuse me, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That's a tongue twister. Uh, Lydia's Place, which is locally here and works with uh, kids that uh, you might call them foster kids, but that have a bright future by their relationship to Lydia's. And then Wounded Warriors and Camp Southern Ground. If you're not familiar with that, it's a, a camp about a week long. It's for veterans to come and get it all together and plan out a future. It's a wonderful camp. And then finally, uh, the uh, national, I call it national because it is, uh, Network of Christians and Jews. It's the Fellowship of Christians and Jews and uh, affords them the opportunity to get together for a very good cause. So that's what we need to mention today, but we want to really key in on the uh, Northeast Georgia uh, United Way, and that's headed up, headed up by Kay Keller. She's the president and CEO, and Allison, I'll get this right, always, she just got married. She just reminded me of that. She's the director of marketing and engagement. Uh, Allison, I thought engagement was when you kind of decide to get together with a, a spouse. <laughs> Well, it's a little bit of that, but, you know, we kind of treat all of our uh, conversations with businesses and government officials a little bit like that. Maybe not as binding of a contract, but we like to invest our time in people in our relationships. Well, I'm glad that you call it a contract. That makes it, makes it a whole lot more meaningful. Uh, we want to <laughs> welcome our guests this morning, and we're going to talk a lot about what the United Way is doing uh, locally and uh, regionally, if you will. So I, I want to get into this from the standpoint of, hey, how did your progression happen from the Oconee Chamber of Commerce to the United Way? How did that take place? Yeah, so um, I, was at the, I was at the Oconee Chamber for about four and a half years. Um, I went from that to over to the University of North Georgia um, and worked in community engagement and economic development. And as I worked around Northeast Georgia, for a healthy community, I continue to see no matter where the community and the um, and the business leaders were, I continued to see United Way as one of those indicators of a healthy community. And I had served, I've, I've been involved with United Way 20 plus years um, in different capacities, loaned executives, been on the board, been on the executive board, um, and just different involvement with United Way continued to draw me back into United Way as far as one of those indicators of a healthy community is a healthy United Way meeting those needs. Well, I can tell you uh, from my heart that uh, University of North Georgia has a great place in my heart because my two sons graduated from there. And my first son married a girl that was his classmate of 14 years ago, uh, last about four or five years ago. So I know what UNG is, uh, that's for sure. Now, Allison, uh, what drew you to the United Way? 
You know, I, for the longest time, I remember when, actually when I was younger, um, when I was looking into my profession working in marketing and public relations, um, I asked my dad, who was uh, working in computer consulting, um, I said, Dad, I don't know how to work in a place if I can't give back to the community in which I live. And he said, you know, there's so many ways you can give back. Um, it doesn't always have to look the same, and it doesn't always have to look like boots on the ground, and sometimes it can. And I, that's really stuck with me of there's so many ways to be involved with your community, and there are so many ways that you can give of yourself, be that through time, be that through dollars, be that through your expertise. And so throughout um, throughout my career, I've always been wanting to give back and to be really invested in my time with um, with the community in which I live and 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 make sure that all balances out. And so, I I was working um, with a marketing firm in town and was spending a lot of my outside time pursuing. Um, community causes and realize that so many things are interconnected. Our region, um, you know, especially our 12 counties in Northeast Georgia, the county lines don't really matter. They are very much just a, uh, a map, uh, a map line because everything's interconnected. And I realized I wanted to be a part of helping make our region and our community stronger. And the best way to do that was to um, build up uh, one another and to meet the the needs of our region. And those needs are not singular. Um, they're often multifaceted. And so to be involved in United Way means to be helping meet the variety of needs that our, our region uh, faces and those challenges, but also means that it it is everyone working together, um, and it's and it's building up that uh, community engagement. Well, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I tell you what, uh, sometimes parents have a good impact on their children. And your dad had some <laughs> wise words of wisdom there that uh, you obviously took hold to. And to give back means everything. I I said a hundred times. I'll keep saying it. We were only put on this earth for one reason give back and to help others. I totally believe that. And that's what this uh, podcast is all about. about. Uh, I also love the word marketing. That's one of my favorite words in the English language because it really projects either yourself personally or what you're trying to accomplish uh, business-wise. So I'm with you on all that. And uh, now I know. Uh, when when you move to, uh, Kay, when you move to United Way, what is its highest priority? you might say? So that's an interesting question because we cover a 12 county area across Northeast Georgia. So we have a really large territory. We set out on a venture several years ago, it's probably four and a half years ago as a United Way to figure out what the priority needs for that 12 county area work. Um, we worked with the Georgia Center for Nonprofit with some focus groups across the 12 counties and then also we worked with the Fanning Institute on some data collection about what those highest priority needs were. We came up with three areas that we felt like we could really move the needle and make a difference um, across Northeast Georgia. And those um, three focus areas that we are focusing on now and, um, and investing in are workforce development for age 16 to 24, 
early childhood success, so birth through five, and then also basic needs. So um, everybody has basic needs, and that is one of the areas that we are covering as well. So it's a three-pronged approach for us as far as what those needs are. Well, that's different than the United Way of the past, and we'll get into that in some detail. But if you go back to having focus groups and try to find out what the challenges are so that you can address them and know what they are, I I really applaud you for doing that. And the Institute is certainly one of the best uh, vehicles to uh, discover those things in your your mission. Uh, What about improving education, economic, and health opportunities? That's pretty strong. That's a a big uh, challenge. Yeah, it certainly is a big challenge in those those focus areas that we chose feed into those areas. You know, focusing on early childhood success, for example, um, birth through five, that prepares a child to go into the education system, strengthening that education system. And we all know that the education system is a major driver for economic development. So what are our kids doing as far as, you know, how prepared are they when they come to school um, to learn? Once they're in that learning mode, what are they doing as their next step, which feeds into workforce development, which feeds into business development. So it's all, you know, you can you can take some of those things out and separate them all, but they're really very intertwined. The interesting thing about those focus groups, as you mentioned, and getting that um, those highest priority needs is a 12-county area is large, but it's also very different. Um, Those counties are all very different. Their needs are different. The needs change in those counties. And so to be able to um, hone in on three focus areas for us was a big challenge, but it's it's growing that whole 12-county area, all of Northeast Georgia, um, for better development, whether that's, you know, educational development, economic development, business development, um, the health of that community as a whole, we're looking at it not, you know, county by county, but as Allison said earlier, we're blurring the lines between those counties, and it's our region to take care of, not just 12 counties. Well, I've heard of blurring, blurred vision. Uh, some of us have that, but I haven't heard of blurring the counties. I like that very much. Uh, you're trying to be a connection for all the counties, I guess, in what you do. Uh, I'm particularly concerned or curious about do you all have the opportunity to go to the Board of Education to try to uh, have some shed some light on what they're doing? Yeah, so it's interesting um, that you asked that question because that's a group that, um, that I work very closely with. Um, the superintendents across our 12-county area have an opportunity that they meet once a month. I have um, been before that group to speak about how we might um, how we might partner and collaborate is a really big key word for us is um, how can we partner with um, community leaders? Um, certainly, the leads of our education system, our uh, our school systems, is is one way we do that. And so, I have questions from time to time that I need to ask of those superintendents. And so, I have the privilege of being able to email them, you know, and asking what are what are you seeing as far as the needs and challenges, and how can we help with that? And so, that's something that we stay in tune with. And uh, as I said earlier, as the needs vary across county. Um, certainly the educational opportunities vary across the county, but we stay very engaged with that. Well, it's not just uh, an opportunity. I consider it a privilege and even a responsibility for all of us to be engaged with our children and their educational uh, opportunities, again, if you will, because our things, things are really changing. And uh, if we don't keep up with what's going on with our educational 
uh, system in these 12 counties, then we may be missing, missing the boat uh, in a very big way. Uh, I, I have not been to a Board of Education meeting in quite some time. I'm going. I'm going in the fall when they come into play. But you going to the superintendents is really where the opportunity is to have one-on-one uh, as opposed just to going to a Board of Education meeting. I like that. Yeah, it's a good it's a good chance. And and having those conversations individually and then having group conversations really allows from for some um some action items and some some insights from a larger group is always important as well. Well, the good thing about you guys is that uh the uh your organization brings uh input from 12 counties all to one superintendent or maybe to 12. But you're speaking for a, a community uh, of people that uh, have maybe the same mission. And uh, I think that's a big deal. And uh, I applaud you for doing that. I, all of my kids are grown, but I have grandchildren. And uh, when you talk about focus, it reminds me of uh, my son and his wife have a pool in uh, Marietta, a swimming pool. And one day my a 12-year-old granddaughter that came with the, the package of him marrying uh, Lindsay, Ray marrying Lindsay, uh, they have a two-year-old. And so they wanted to teach the two-year-old how to swim. And so the 12-year-old holds her hand before she jumps in the pool and says, okay, focus, Doreen. How do you get a two-year-old to focus? Uh, it's very, very <laughs> difficult. Uh, and what we're concerned about, and didn't mean to interject that, is uh, if it's supposed to be terrible twos, but it happened at terrible ones, I think we have a challenge uh, before us. Uh, so anyway, I like the idea of focus. Uh, we all need that. And and I think this uh, we, we should not be focused on the past and maybe some things that we did wrong. We should learn from those things in the educational system and focus on the future, uh, how we can make things better. Guess what? Those kids one day are going to be a pretty big part of our society and, and the direction of even Northeast Georgia, uh, United Way. Mm-hmm. We sure hope so. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I like that word. By the way, you're mm-hmm. allowed to use that word as many times as you want to throughout this episode. Uh, it, it makes me feel like we're doing something right. Uh, now, get let's get back into... Um, a little bit more of the economic uh, value of what you're doing and more of the health value that you're doing with your organization. All right. Well, you know, as, as Kay mentioned, the workforce development aspect of some of our the programs that we're supporting this year and in future years um, is, is really important to make sure that um, those who live in our region, um, specifically 16 to 24-year-olds, but also um, – those who are who are residents that are not in that age range, um, making sure that they have opportunities for sustainable work and that they have the training and the certification to to keep those jobs, retain them, and that's also you know a benefit for the employers as well. Uh, keeping our businesses thriving is critical for our region, and we want to make sure that we build up our workforce, that they are um, offered some opportunities to grow and develop as uh, as employees, which means they have um, 
they they know that their community supports them. In in turn, they want to support their community. You know, it's it's this all it's all cyclical of how we can all invest in one another and therefore invest in our community. And so we like to focus um, when we talk about our our um, the work we do. We are helping people invest in impact, which means investing in people and investing in our community. And we think that that's so important, not just from an economic standpoint, but from um, a healthcare, from a mental health standpoint, by investing in people and investing in our community means that we are helping people feel like they are contributing and they are a part of a community um, that is growing and thriving together. Well, that word investing uh, or investment is a big, big part of uh, their future. If they're willing to take the time and understand that there is an employer-employee relationship and uh, adhere to that, uh, I think they'll find out that it's going to be an investment in their future. Uh, The more experiences you have in that uh, opportunity, I think the better you build your resume and you better you build your opportunity for future uh, opportunity. So I'm I'm all in for the investment, uh, particularly as it relates to uh, resumes, futures, and communities. Uh, these now let oh let's let's go back one more time to health, and particularly mental health. Now you mm-hmm. guys are not out there uh, providing health in the medical field. You may put that together with what you're doing. But the mental health side, you mentioned it. So tell me more about that. Well, you know, some of our um, grant recipients this year in our basic needs category, um, basic needs for us includes shelter, it includes housing, it includes crisis intervention, which can look like mental health resources. So, you know, for us, 2021 grant recipients, um, we work with the Treehouse in Winder. Um, we work with uh, Friends of Advantage. We work with um, the Cottage, and those are some of our grant recipients. So, it for us, um, you know, that that falls into our basic needs category uh, of it's making sure the whole of a person has resources. So it's not just their shelter, it's not just their food, it's also their crisis intervention and their mental health. Well, I also like the idea of pre-intervention. Uh, sometimes if you let something go too long, too far, it's very hard to turn it around, uh, particularly when it gets to be a crisis. But we have to try. Uh, I, I think these people with Lydia's place, uh, these uh, young folks that uh, don't have a dad anymore, maybe don't have a mom anymore for whatever reason, they still have a life. And uh, we need to support that and put them in a position so that they can enjoy life. Uh, I, um, I'm with you. Uh, we've had people on this, uh, on this podcast that have talked about crisis from a standpoint of child abuse. Now, the, the child didn't cause that most of the time, but the parents need to have some pre-intervention uh, education and opportunities to stop that, just stop it right now, uh, and put their kids first and not their uh, anger management first. So I'm sure there are many, many examples of that, that you folks try to do pre-intervention management, if you will, so that it doesn't get to a crisis. Uh, It just just breaks my heart to see these things happening over and over again. And they're not just in Atlanta, Georgia. They're in Athens, Georgia. They're in 12 counties of Athens, Georgia. 
it is at crisis level. But you guys can have a, a big opportunity, a big, a big focus on trying to change those crises, and I applaud you uh, for that. Your impact is beautiful uh, because of the fact that you're regional. You're not just Athens. Uh, you're even not just the University of Georgia. Uh, you have, again, the, uh, the responsibility, I guess you might say, to do all these things, uh, education, economic, and health opportunities for all in that county area. And it spills over. That's a good part of it. Uh, so uh, the mental health side, one more time. Uh, it, the mental health side of our community and communities throughout the country is the least uh, uh, responded to of all things. Now, if somebody needs a, a shot or somebody needs to go to the hospital or they need uh, health care through an uh, a, a physician, all these things are avail available to most everybody. But the mental health is not available to everybody. It's just something that's uh, considered as, uh, you know, a throwaway uh, situation. And it's not by any means. So I, I applaud you for getting right into that subject and doing something, something with it. Uh, if you have never experienced mental health as an individual, you can't really appreciate how devastating it is uh, to be depressed or to have anxiety. And there are a lot of folks out there that have that that need our help and your help. We certainly do. And Danny, I'm glad that you say that. Of You know, resources, we want to make sure that people know resources are always available. And that is for any kind of need. We have our 211 program, and that is our health and human services line. Anybody can contact 211. You can call 211 directly or you can text your zip code to 898-211 and be connected with local resources to meet your needs. And those needs can be anything from rental assistance, food access, but also mental health resources. So those are some of the programs uh, that are listed in our 211 database. So if somebody is seeking any kind of mental health resource, be that um, a support group or, uh, you know, any kind of therapy or recovery. Um, that is in our 211 database, and people can access those based on where they are locally, which is so critical because sometimes it can, if you can't access a resource within 15, 20 miles of you, that may be the detriment, uh, that may be to your, um, that may be our, you know, an, an issue of, transportation, you can't get there, um, or you don't have any other means to access that resource. So we want to make sure that there are local resources available for our residents, and that's, that's accessible through 211 and through our on-the-ground partners. Uh, so if we go back to the analysis of what United Way was doing before and what they're doing now, what is the basic difference in the way you distribute the distribution of your processes and, and of your benefits. What's the basic difference? So I think um, the basic difference is, is we have supported a lot of great agencies and programs over the years. Um, we've been strong in the community. The, ch the shift and what we're doing is the investment. Um, it's the impact, and it's the measurable impact by programs and agencies to be able to show that they're moving the needle. So we can go back to a donor and say, this is what your investment, this is the kind of investment you're 
your investment change in our community. So we're able to have more accountability for the dollar, um, more, um, more positive change in the community that we can share across the board um, as far as um, tracking and um, showing the impact um, in people and in their needs and in making a, a good positive change in that. And so I think probably, um, you know, to wrap that up is it's all about impact and it's about moving the needle on those three um, on those three focus areas and focusing on the highest priority needs that we have evaluated. So um, we're we're able to really have that focus and that um, and that drive to make a difference in those three areas. Well, we're moving through this podcast uh, probably too quickly because I didn't turn on the clock, <laughs> but we need to get a lot accomplished in the next five or ten minutes, uh, and so we're going to do so. So. Let's get to your last talking points here. Uh, what quickly is your organization's history? When did you start? And uh, what do you think is the bottom line of your future uh, success? So we, United Way of Northeast Georgia started in 1954. So we've been here just a bit uh, <laughs> investing in this community. And, and throughout that time, uh, United Way of Northeast Georgia has had the opportunity to partner alongside some incredible nonprofits, some wonderful businesses, government officials, community leaders and members, and we are so grateful for everybody's time and commitment to serving this community alongside us. You know, as we look to the future, our hope is to be a collaborator. I know Kay mentioned that word before, but we are really keen on making sure that there are collaborations happening across our region, that we are connecting people with one another, with resources, uh, so that those seeking help and those uh, seeking ways to invest are connected, uh, but that we are moving the needle and making a difference in meeting the highest priority needs of our region. And we are hoping to continue that effort with incredible partners and community members as we look forward to strengthening our region. Because as we say at United Way, when we work together, that's how we live united. That couldn't be any better. Uh, we're almost at a close here, but I just want you to mention for 10 seconds or so, what is the Dolly Parton's Imagination Library Program? Yeah, so Dolly Parton's Imagination Library programs are uh, wonderful uh, literacy programs for children age zero to five, and we have had the honor of housing that at United Way of Northeast Georgia for the last nine years um, for Clark and Oconee counties. Um, actually, by the end of this year, those programs will move to new homes, which we will still continue to support, uh, to Books for Keeps and Oconee Area Resource Council for Clark and Oconee counties, respectively. But that program sends free age-appropriate books each month to a child from birth to age five, which if you think about that, how many books will that fill um, a bookshelf with? And it's, you know, it's 12 books a year. It's great. And if people want to contribute to it, it costs $31 total to send a child a book each month for a year. Well, but, I, I, I just have to interject here. We've had the Books for Keep on as an episode as one of our podcasts, so we're well aware of what they do, and they do a great job. I'm glad you're partnering with them. 
Anyway, uh, thank you so much for being with us, and I hope you all continue to do the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe to our social media and share your stories on the HopeWithDanny.com website. Remember, it's all about hope. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode was recorded at Vega Studios.